it, it became more of a case study in how much we've learned <laughs> in the last. Uh, okay, I have years, to say but... that house was more of a passive tragedy than a passive house. <laughs> if we're yeah. talking about the one you sent pictures yeah. of, yeah, that's the one. This is the one and only, the original podcast where you can find yours and your business's true value. You're listening to Our Value. Brought to you by America's insulation source, IDI Distributors. You want to hear from the best contractors, suppliers, and consultants that dedicate themselves to more than just survival in the business world? Industry professionals that are dedicated to excellence in every aspect of their business? Our Value has them all here to share that same motivation and knowledge with you. Tune in and grow a more successful, profitable, educated, and recognized business. Listen to the Our Value podcast to become the industry leader in your market. Find your value with Our Value. Well, welcome to today's Our Value Podcast, folks. And today we are talking with DeWitt Driscoll out of North Carolina, but you originally actually started up in Pennsylvania. Isn't there some kind of story, DeWitt, about you guys having one of the first blower doors that ever walked the planet, like some <laughs> dinosaur door yeah. or something that you guys were using up there? Yeah, I, um, yeah I'm from Southwestern PA, and uh, uh, building performance is kind of a family trade. Um, my mom, got into the industry in the early eighties. And, uh, when I was just a little kid and, uh, she got pulled in by, by, by her brother-in-law, my uncle, um, Ken Provlick with action housing, who actually was the first person, uh, I think trained to use a blower door in Pennsylvania. And, uh, it was also the first person doing blower door certifications in the area. Um, but he's now a, you know, BPI assessor and all that, but, uh, yeah, they, they were using blower doors back in the day when they had like the wooden frames, like the baby gates, you know, where you have to like pinch them down. And I remember being like, like eight, nine years old and helped my mom set one up at our house to test it and try it out. And yes, yeah, so I've, I've been around the industry for most of my life. Yeah. Well, one thing that came out of Pennsylvania when we were talking, I thought it was really unique and quite a an opportunity for you to reach out to the public. Obviously, we've got these two big segments of people that we kind of serve. You've got the, you know, what we could call the green people or the people that really uh, conservationists, they, they want to use less. You've got that group. And then you've got the group that just wants to be healthy. Um, there's a few out there that just want to save money, but really, you know, these measures don't pay for themselves all the time. But out of that, you, you mentioned something to me and I was really shocked by it. And that's that you have the opportunity to advertise what you guys have been able to save people. And talk about that. You mentioned something about you guys were saving people three to 4 million kilowatts a year. Yeah. Yeah. So the, um, so the thing is, in Pennsylvania, so our, our company, Positive Energy Consulting, um, is based out of Pennsylvania. I've been expanding North Carolina for the last year. Um, but uh, we work mostly with utility programs up there, weatherization programs, and the utility that we work for tracks all of that data. Um, so the where that number comes from is um, what we refer to as the deemed lifetime savings. So it's what they anticipate and a measure to save over its lifetime, right? So an easy example is a light bulb. We put in an LED light bulb, take out an incandescent bulb. They're going to anticipate that that would save X amount of kilowatt hours over the, you know, 15 years that, that bulb will last theoretically. So it's a little theoretical, right? But it's just a good way to get an idea. And um, so based on all the things that we do, you know, light bulbs, thermostats, weatherization, insulation, air sealing, all of it, right? Um we, in 2019, we, uh, our, our deemed lifetime savings for all the things that we installed that year was around like 3.8 million kilowatt hours. 
So the things that we installed in 2019, over the life of those measures, we uh, we removed you know almost four million kilowatt hours of of you know required energy from the grid. That is beautiful. So you combine that over the years that it's been in business, and yeah, you know you, you might want to get busy because in North Carolina you're following you're falling sadly behind. <laughs> your, your yeah, I got I got a, I got about twelve years of uh, of catching up to do. So. <laughs> I like a lot of the measures you're doing, and I know that you're starting to see some fruit from that down in North Carolina. You're becoming very busy. Is that correct? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's, um, it's been awesome. I mean, how many people got the opportunity to, to start a business in the middle of the pandemic? I literally um, got our license in North Carolina in April of 2020. So I, I jumped into it right in the middle of all that because there was just a lot of opportunity. You know, people were starting to spend more time in their houses and realize they weren't comfortable or they needed more space. And, and there was just room for me then. And, um, you know, just, I've been thinking about it for a while and we jumped in and it's been, it's been great. So one of the things I like though, you know, we talk a lot about different measures and things that you can do. You've been working on stuff, even at your own home that allows you to show and, you know, I just want to preference this. I'm I'm talking everybody about the Mercreo sensors, M-O-C-R-E-O. They're sensors that you can put anywhere you want in your house, and they will alert you as to uh, humidity changes, temperature changes. One of the things we talked about, you've got these in your own home so that you can see them, but there's always that person that does not want to take the recommended measure. And where you're at is crawl space heaven. And you're also foaming addicts, correct? So I know as well as you do, wet air rises, goes up to these addicts that we've now foamed, and now we have problems. So these sensors, um, are you finding these are a great way to work with customers when they don't want to take recommended measures. Yeah, absolutely. They, they have a, a few places in, in what I'm doing right now. Um, one is what you just said. A lot of times, you know, the minimum for code in a conditioned crawl space is to, for conditioned air, is to put a, you know, an inducer on a supply side that, you know, is like what, 30 CFM of air, and that meets code. I don't, I don't trust that. I don't think it's good enough. You know, you got your shoulder seasons where the air is not running, right? You're not conditioning the space then, humidity is rising, it's going to cause problems. Um, so when I have a customer that's not willing to invest, you know, 1500 or more dollars for a dehumidifier on their encapsulation project, I'd be like, all right, we'll, we'll do the minimum. We'll install the air inducer, but I'm going to leave the sensor here and I want you to keep an eye on it. And if you see it rising above 60% or, or being sustained, above 60% for a long time, um, call me back because that's going to cause problems. And I, I don't want the work that I did to become a problem because we, we needed a little bit more of a, uh, a, a way to condition that space. So that's, that's worked for me a couple of times. I've had a couple of jobs where I knew that the crawl space was just too big a volume of air, you know, in a, in a really like kind of low lying area with a lot of moisture in the ground and just kind of realized like this is going to be a problem long-term. And, um, yeah, I had people call me back after like a year and be like, hey, let's talk about that dehumidifier, <laughs> right? So uh, uh, the other ways I use the sensors, um, I have them in my house. I've conditioned my crawl space and my attic. So I can show a homeowner, you know, this is my house. This is, this is right now, live, real time. These are the readings in my house, you know. It's 95 degrees out. My attic's only 88. 
and, you know, the humidity is 55%. My crawl space is 65 with 40% or 45% humidity. You know, everything's where it needs to be. My house is comfortable. And it's because of this work. And here are the sensors that show you that. Um, and the other thing is just that an extra selling point. It's like, hey, I, I know that you care about how your house is performing and you want that knowledge and that power and that control over your environment. So I'm going to do this work and we're going to throw in these sensors for you. You know, it cost me, you know, 50, 60 bucks for a set of the, the cryo sensors or whatever it was. And, you know, I can just give that to the person. And it's just an extra selling point that, you know, gives them a little bit of power and makes them trust in me and that I care about the long-term success of my install. So. I love that because so often they feel like you're trying to sell them something when really you're just trying to make them healthy. And the other thing is, you know, knowing my wife, my mom, um, many of the, you know, the women that I've sold to in the past, they do not want to hook that stuff up. They don't want any headache. But if you're willing to go in, install the system, and you're right, they're, you know, 70, 80 bucks, depending on if you get the two pack or three pack. But if you're willing to put them in and connect them to the internet, that also means you get to set it as a beeping sensor on the home station so that if they do go over 55 in relative humidity, it's going to start this beeping and that alerts them automatically. Hey, look at the app. The app says you've got a problem. It's just a great system to be able to show them that what you were talking about is just the reality of the way the building works. And, and I love that. So my question for you then, uh, how soon are you going to get some pictures out there and get a blog going <laughs> on Macreo sensors and how you use them on every job? Yeah, well, you know, I um, I installed them in my house and I, I was already posting about them, you know, the next morning after I put them in my house. So I'm, I'm excited. You know, I, I want to like, you know, get a, like a week or two worth of data from my house on these new sensors. I just put them in my house. I had been using just like the, uh, like the, the cheesy little um, like Home Depot, you know, weather station sensors just to, you know, yeah. so I knew what was going on a little bit. Um, but yeah, I, I just had some downtime and thought, let's put these things in and, you know, see what they're doing. And uh, yeah, I, I intend to make them a big part of what I'm doing, you know, um, not just like a, a little small afterthought. You know, but I, I want these sensors and, and helping people understand what's going on in their house and, and also validating that I do good work. Right. Um, that's part of it, too. You know, I, I want them to see they can pull up their phone, open that sensor and see that their crawl space is, you know, 68 degrees and 50 percent humidity all the time because I did good work, you know, um, and then I won't tell their friends about it. <laughs> I like that. So are you seeing returns coming back in an elevating of your clientele based on the fact that you're doing these additional measures? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, a little anecdote of that. I, I actually, in the last couple steps of a really big project that we took on, really cool house. I think I told you a little bit about it. It was a, a house built in 1982 designed to be a passive house. And uh, obviously, it became more of a case study and how much we've learned <laughs> in the last. Uh, okay. I have years, to say but... that house was more of a passive tragedy. <laughs> than a passive house. We're yeah. talking about the one you sent pictures. Yeah. Of. Yeah. That's the one. Um, yeah. A passive house with a 14.95 ACH 50. <laughs> you know, it was, it was. For, for those of you that, that aren't familiar with the lingo, it was a passive house, meaning it's supposed to be 0 0.6 air changes per hour. And uh, this thing's running 15 air changes. The people are sick. The house is uncomfortable. And uh, more or less what they did was made a giant balloon frame, 
where air circulates around the entire home. Yeah. And the place has never been a good place to be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can see what they were going for, you know, 40 years ago, but I, I think it's, I like it. I think it's an awesome testament to like people were trying to do stuff 40 years ago. Right. And we just, we continued on this path that we've been on and we got so much better at it. Right. And because of that, I can go into this house and bring it up to a better standard. Um, I, I'm excited that I, well, I haven't done a second blower door test yet, but I've done the attic and I've done the crawl space. Going to do some interior air sealing. But um, anyway, that getting back to the point, I got a lot of track. That particular job, um, I was without a doubt and told by the homeowner numerous times, <laughs> the homeowner, um, that I, I was the highest bid that came in. Um, but he went with me because he knew I'm, I'm not a work order guy, right? I, you know, I'm not sending a crew out with a work order and they're going to check off those boxes and leave. I'm a, I'm a building science professional. I care about the whole house, the whole project. So, you know, and as we, we were talking when I was leaving the other night from his house that, um, you know, there, there were at least a half dozen things already that have popped up that I was able just to take care of and fix and, you know, do a little change order and fix that. And, you know, just to make sure that we're doing it right. And that's what he wanted. He, he didn't want somebody to come in and do the, the kind of the code minimum and, and just try and, try and put a bandaid on this problem. He wanted a real solution. And that's what I'm trying to set myself apart as I'm the guy that has real solutions to real problems. You know, I can, I can, I can do the tough fix better than most people in my area. And uh, I'm kind of proud of that. And that's something I've been working really hard to, you know, constantly learning, constantly growing and, and taking on new challenges. It's my favorite. Well, I have to say, I'm, I'm very glad I, re- I remember our first meeting and you know, you've been to a few of the IDI classes since then. Yeah. And um, hopefully, you know, we've we've done some things along the way to give you a boost and help you with it. But you you really are going after a, a better clientele. And quite frankly, I'm glad you're gaining the margins and the uh, benefit from it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, um, you know, it's kind of as I've been expanding down here and kind of trying to find my own way with my branch of the company, I've been, you know, what do I want to do? You know, trying to come up with what, what my identity is going to be. And um, every day I just lean more and more towards being that guy, the one that's doing those specialty projects and, you know, and and taking on the the hard jobs and, you know, just being the guy you call whenever you really want it done. Right. You know, and uh, yeah, I'm testing everything. I'm you know, validating my work with data and I think I'm just trying to do those things that set me apart more than, you know, more than other co- companies are doing. Well, thank you for saying that. I, I really hope that uh, more people understand there are customers out there looking for people like you and they really aren't looking for short measures. Then they're not looking for the lowest bid. Yeah. You know, and if the more and more contractors get on board with doing high quality work, that's you know tested and verified and done to the best, the highest industry standards. Um, we all win, right? We're getting healthier homes, we're getting happier clients, and we're all making more money. So I, I just I hope that more and more contractors start getting on board with doing things the way that I'm trying to do them, you know, or, or at least following that model of you know let's let's test these things, let's I, let's I address the the real issues and not just do the the quick cheap solution that's going to get me the you know, the quick, you know, get in, blow some insulation and get out type of work. Right. Um, so, you know, I, I really hope that that's kind of where people keep heading and, and we keep doing good work. That is awesome. Well, thank you again, DeWitt. I, I'd have to say this podcast started out as a little bit of what people could do for marketing, but the truth is 
I'm glad that it turned into what building performance is and what building performance means to margins, to your company, to your growth, and to your reputation. I think you've done well. Yeah, I mean, we all got an uphill battle with taking care of some of these old homes, and I'm happy to be on the front lines of it. So, you know, appreciate all the support IDI and, and you've given along the way. It's been great.